Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers. Every Monday, I'm joined by famous artist Danny Haas. You could have told me one of my kids was dragged out there by an alien. I would have been like, well, I got three more. And spiritual advisor, Protolexis. Water is deadly. I'll come nude. And together as friends forever, we discuss recently watched movies. Later in this very episode, we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan's Signs, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Is this still a great movie? Or is the fog of nostalgia still blinding us? Find out now. The VHS Village Olympics happened. They took place in our Discord this past week. The results are in. The Tape Deck team battled our VHS Village and Discord in a heated night of Cinephile, a card game for movie mm. lovers. I mean, if we can be honest, it wasn't even close. It was intense. It didn't even come down to the last question. I you mean, tell wait. us how you felt. You were the, the participant from 70 millimeter on the Olympian team for Tape Deck. And how was Boots it? Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. I had a blast. It was intense. Uh, someone tried to stump me with a Richard Attenborough question, mm-hmm. and I got it. I heard that. Okay? I'll never forget it. Rabbit out of the hat. No one was going to beat me in Harrison Ford movies. I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> so I was on my A game, if I can be frank. Uh, His entire filmography is, is, is tattooed on your, yeah. your ribs, right? Inner thigh, actually. <laughs> We should call out a few things. Namely, it, it came down to the last question of the night to determine the winner of the evening. Marcy, I just want to call out Marcy specifically, who is some kind of savant movie trivia phenom. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but it blew me away. She was naming movies I'd never heard of that might not have even been real for all I know. Movie Banshee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to go up against her. You know, I will say, I listened back and even though, uh, you know, the record says that tape deck won, mm-hmm. uh, I think the villagers, they did not lose. That's, oh. that's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Some of their performances were incredible. Yeah. Also, big shout out. You know, we were fundraising for, uh, for the game that was mainly for funsies for the human rights campaign. You know, they work for equality among all LGBTQ people. And we raised, we had, I think we set a goal of like $200 for the first week. Just, you know, see, let's raise some money while we play. We raised uh, $1,320. Excuse me. For the human rights campaign. So that is all going to them. So thank you so much for everyone who donated, those who played. We had a ton of fun. We'll do many more game nights. I think that's pretty obvious. Mm. Wait, how much was it? One thousand three hundred. Yeah, one thousand three hundred and twenty dollars, seventy-five wow. cents. Do you believe? Amazing. I'm chilled up. Mm-hmm. On the on the Ch- night we do signs, right? And on the by the time this posts, the anniversary of our Patreon being up. Unreal, right? It's all aligning. <sighs> if you say so. We're so close to two hundred patrons in a year to unlock the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Just Will for patrons. unlock it in 2021? <laughs> I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Right now. But I, I'm, I'm, keep, I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> if it comes true, I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Do you have some new friends on Patreon that joined uh, this past week? You can join at 70mmpod.com. Four bucks a month, get access to exclusive episodes, potentially those Harry Potter episodes. We've also done Batman Returns. Batman Forever. I think there's a there's a, another Batman movie that we did. Really? Um, Batman and Robin. Only can listen to those if you're a patron. Uh, so Paul, Sam, Eli, Josh, Jack, Josh, and Dan joined <sighs> this past week. So thank you very much. And uh, what a year on, on Patreon. Thank you, guys. Do we want to talk about Suicide Squad? Sure. We want to get into this. Am I the only one that's watched it? Sure. Proto watched it. Proto watched it. I watched oh, it. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah, you had a great review for it. 
really good. Right I can't now. believe. First of all, can we get into the mind of Proto that sat down to watch Suicide Squad the week yeah, it came what out? Were you Maybe the day. What's going the, on over there? The Suicide Squad. Okay. Spoiler free, please. We are killing ourselves as film viewers. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> I am making a bet that I would enjoy this movie. Um, but it was it was it was suicide. There's just no way this movie's for me at the end of the day. Um I made a mistake. I let everyone know that. Uh I apologize. It, it'll probably happen again. Um uh, but yeah, just I mean it, it's it's action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did like Margot though. This is my I, I haven't seen Harley before. So this was this was fun. Oh really? This is your first intro yeah. to her as Harley. Yeah, she's like think, real. Yeah, I think she's really good in the role. I think this is my favorite portrayal of her as Harley. I liked her in this one. I mean, I like I liked Birds of Prey, and the first Suicide Squad was you know everyone knows what that was. Uh, but I think this was her lines are actually pretty funny. I thought she was she was really fun to watch in this one. Dylan in chat making a bold claim better than both Guardians movies. That's that's. We probably already know the your answer to that, Danny. That's pretty agree. bold. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I don't really agree because I think they're all kind of trash. But um, <laughs> I was about to ask, can someone check Marcy's pulse after that statement? <laughs> She's doing the someone put pass out gif. That'll be Marcy in chat. Actually, when I was scrolling through the HBO Max app and saw Birds of Prey, I honest, honestly forgot Birds of Prey was even a movie that had come out. I yeah. think that came out like a year and a half ago or something silly. I think maybe even more. No one knows. Can someone check the tapes? Is there something with a date that can tell us? Um, you know, I just no. We can't get into that. Yeah, let's move on. Let's. Uh, but I did on. see it. I watched the new Suicide Squad. I thought it was quite funny and actually better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and so uh, yeah, I think I gave it three and a half stars. Mm. I laughed a lot. I actually laughed a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, the action's pretty gory. Very gory. I heard there's actually. a lot of gore. I, I pretty vulgar. Moved away from showing it to James because of that. Yeah, I think it. It's yeah. It's like everything. It felt like everything that uh, James couldn't do on Guardians, he did in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like DC just kind of or DC Warner kind of just let him have fun, let him roll. Yeah, I laughed more than I thought I would. It was like I think I laughed at like five jokes out of a hundred. So that was more. Than I was expecting. Yeah, see, we, everyone's surprised on how how much better this movie is. <laughs> so that was probably the only movie you watched this week besides Signs, right, Danny? Yeah, is that busy it? week. Watch Signs earlier before uh, before this. So mm. yeah, we'll get into Signs just right around the corner, bottom of the hour, two thousand two, M Night, mm-hmm. and uh, just an amazing cast, all stars. Probably, did you watch any other movies this week? I did. I watched one that's been on my watch list for a long time, The Conversation. Oh, that was talked about quite a bit in the Olympics. Was it really? Yeah, a couple times it came up as a winning option. Mm. Let us in. I mean, 1974. Mm -hmm. So we're in it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. The the 70s. Is this the one? Mm. The the big D. (laughs) What? This is the- the decade. Oh, that you, this is like the decade that I would take with me on a deserted island. You know, if you could only okay. take movies from one decade, it'd be that. Interesting. Um, I, I'm yeah. I like I gave that. It four stars. What would what decade would you take on a desert island? Mm-hmm. That's conversation. Cool. What was your? Let's pull it up. You gave that three stars. I'm a little surprised by that. I thought that might have been a little bit higher for you. I was surprised as well. I was surprised as well. I love Gene Hackman. Like his performance. Uh, very good. We all know where how I feel about Gene Hackman. Mm. Yeah, well documented. Uh, well documented. What on didn't the show. work for you in the conversation? Let us in. Nothing didn't work. It was good. It was a good movie. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I had a great time. I took some screenshots. I shared mm. them. What did you think of Gene Hackman's uh, practice of when he gets home from work, he just takes his pants right off and sits in his boxers in his apartment? Uh, I mean, it's smart. Mm. I've always, I've often wondered, like when you see watch movies with Jimmy Stewart or you know Cary Grant, these guys living in suits. It's like get out of here. You're mm-hmm. not going home and keeping those pants on. They're coming off. Mm-hmm. So I, I respected you know Gene Hackman being true, true with us. How about that his um, pants audio convention that he went to? Oh yeah. Oh well, his how about his studio? Like in this 
The warehouse? Are you kidding me? That's Watch the it dream. for the studio alone. Oh, also, oh, you know, <laughs> Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm. He looked amazing. <laughs> Who did he play in that? I don't even remember that he was in that. He plays, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it, he plays. Um, the, the, like the point of contact. He's the uh, like assistant director oh. to the director. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. To the other surprise, mm. uh, like cameo of that movie, which I won't spoil if you haven't Does seen Does Harrison it. take his pants off? <laughs> no, I, you know, I, oh, I, I, yeah, listen to this. Listen, tell me Californian split. You guys heard of this? No, I took a chance, another chance this week. Um, I thought, can Robert Altman deliver two weeks in a row? Mm. I mean, has it ever been done like that? Um, I almost gave this movie five stars. <sighs> Elliot Gould, um, I think he's like my favorite grading performance. Like he's very abrasive mm. as an actor. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like sandpaper. Uh, yeah. And I, I love the way he rubs up against people, you know, other actors. Um, Interesting. So, I mean, yeah, I watched The Long Goodbye, then this, and I could see people not liking him at all, but for whatever reason, he works for me. I love it. So it's a great movie. I like his, I like his voice. Yeah. Yeah, the way he talks. He's got a good voice. Four stars from Proto One California Split. What's next on the journey then after that? Um, well, I do want to see McCabe. Was it McCabe and Mrs. Miller? Is <gasps> that the movie? Can we get a pulse, pulse check on there? In chat? Mm. I mean, there's that. There's Nashville. I actually really want to see uh, MASH. He did that. Never watched that show. If you want to follow Proto on Letterboxd, by all means, you can actually also follow 70MM on Letterboxd. We have an HQ account. It's pretty rad. Mm. Um, and every week we give away a free year of Letterboxd Pro. So no ads when you're a, a pro member. Get access to some cool looking stats. You can sort your, your, your life in film. And you share the show on social media. You get entered uh, into win a free year of Letterboxd Pro. So this week's winner, Average Joe Berg My on goodness. Twitter. Congratulations. Congrats. For a free year of Letterbox Pro. And if you want to support Letterbox at any time, maybe you didn't win that year of Letterbox Pro and you want to go pro or patron, you can do so at a discount using the link on uh, 70mmpod.com. We have a nice little customized version of that link now if you <sighs> click on it. Some custom movie Incredible. artwork. And a quote. Whoa. You know? It's pretty mm. snazzy. Also, if uh, you think you're following Proto, you might not be. So just double check. Check your Proto follow status. Just check that you're following Proto if, if you're listening. If you're not following Proto. Yeah. I mean, if you, you might think you are, but you, you, you might not be. Check it again. Just double Sean, check. Shantan and chat, check your pro. Mm-hmm. Remember that tenant review of yours? Oh if you look God. up Proto's tenant review, there's some tenanting happening on that page. Yeah. Unreal. If you Just, get my drift. <laughs> thank you, Letterbox. I think I revealed this to Proto and Apex the other night. It was great to see Proto and Apex chat on <laughs> Xbox. Mm-hmm. But I watched one of his fave movies, <sighs> Little Women, starring Winona Ryder. What a treat. I couldn't believe uh, the star power in this movie. Insane. Mm-hmm. Through it's the roof. wild. Also, uh, Christian Bale is in it. He plays... Uh, Timothy, Timothy's character, Laurie. <laughs> and they look a lot alike, I feel like, in this movie. Yeah. Even with that, like, Garth yeah. uh, Knight Rider goatee that he has in the back of the movie. It's very <laughs> Timothy vibes, which I was not expecting. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I, I liked it. And the ending scene where Gabriel Byrne and Winona Ryder um, meet back at the house. And Gabriel Byrne is like, you know, I have nothing to offer you. My hands are empty. That mm. scene. Mm. You talk about the sob knob going Great. to 11. Mm-hmm. I was like kind of, I was watching the movie pseudo paying attention, but then I focused, refocused on the ending scene and I started tearing up mm. right away. It's just one of those weird scenes in movies where you could not be paying attention or like really into the movie, but the music hits right. 
Yeah. The writing hits right and the acting is like so perfect in that moment. Mm. You just got to crank that knob. You, you got to crank the knob, my friend. What did you think of in terms of like how the story was told versus uh, the Greta Gerwig one? Um, I had actually forgotten that the Greta Gerwig one was out of order mm. until mm-hmm. um, I think I was reading another review. And so this one is chronological. And I don't know. I like both. I appreciate both. I yeah. really love the Greta one. Like it's hard not I, to. It might be time to rewatch. It's a beautiful movie. <laughs> did we 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 just talked about it we in just, the front of the show, right? Yeah, we didn't really oh, dig deep. Man. Has it been a year since that movie came out? Maybe should we do like some kind of anniversary? An anniversary? Yeah. anniversary. I think it came out in 2019. Has it been two years <laughs> since that movie came out? The should big we do two. An- <laughs> <laughs> so little women highly recommended uh proto was right proto and his sisters were right it's very good although gabriel Byrne is not uh he doesn't do it for me yeah he's a little odd in that. yeah it's a little out of place but i'm i could be the odd person out in that respect hmm. is it time oh baby to get into our movie of the week. Marcy says, I'm right. Thank you about Gabriel Byrne. This was my pick for Blockbuster Summer Month Part 2. I searched high and low. You know, we're running out of options for this month, whether it be action, whether it be comedy, drama. We're at the bottom of the list. And I saw this movie come out in that list, and I was like, it's time. Mm. M. Night, The King. Two thousand two, Pardo. Can you uh, remind us and take us on this journey for signs? Something inexplicable is happening. Crop circles are appearing around the world. Long thought to be a hoax, the coordination and process is beyond what is thought possible by humans. In a small town in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, Graham Hess lives on a farm with his two kids and his brother Merrill. Having suffered the tragic loss of his wife, Graham has shed his belief in a god and his vocation as a minister. A crop circle appears in his cornfield. He quickly reasons it away as a prank, but as time passes, his reasoning fails bit by bit as signs become clear of something much bigger and more meaningful happening. As him and his family face the impossible, Graham must grapple with what kind of person he is. Is he the kind that sees signs, that sees miracles, or does he believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way, is it possible that there are no coincidences? Signs. <laughs> Danny's yes. doing prayer hands right now <laughs> during that reading. 2002. Is this his third movie after Unbreakable or was this his second one? Can anyone confirm that? I don't know the order. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's it, at third least the studio third. film yeah. in chat says. So Sixth Sense had come out. You know, this guy is on fire, he's liquid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think that's a slang we can attribute to him. Then quote, the next Spielberg. He makes one amazing movie and he gets that title thrown at him. Yeah. Um, and then Deserved. he does Unbreakable, right? I think is his second film. At the time I saw that, I was still in love. Mm-hmm. You know, comic book mm-hmm. movie, but real life. Mm-hmm. M. Night mm-hmm. and Bruce Willis. <laughs> Loved it. I have no idea if that holds up at all, but I remember loving that movie. And yes. then Signs comes out, and I'm sitting in, in theaters with a packed house seeing a scary movie directed by M. Night opening weekend. What a, what a trip that was. Danny, what was your memories and experience checking this movie out? I, I, rem- I don't remember where, when, or why I was watching this film, <laughs> but I remember the experience of watching this film for the first time. I remember being scared. Uh, I just, that's that's what I remember most. I remember this was one of those films that I was just like, uh, 
this was the first ones where they kind of got me. Like I was messed up from this film. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a theater experience. Um, it may have been a couple years after it came out. Uh, I just remember the feeling of seeing this for the first time. <sighs> the feels. Mm-hmm. Pardo? Yeah, I saw this in theaters as well. I saw it at the Cherry Hill Lowe's Theater. <sighs> And I didn't see, uh, you know, scary horror movies in the theater. This might have been one of my first um, of that ilk, and I I can still see where I was. I was in the you know the the second section against the bar on the left side, and those credits came onto the screen with that music, and and that that lettering with that background. Uh, I, so I rewatched this with, um, um, my brothers and, uh, my brother-in-law, Bruce, and within five seconds of the movie starting, <laughs> Bruce said, oh yeah, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yes. Yeah. Like this, as soon as like there, there is something really iconic about the beginning of this movie. That's like just burned into my brain. Like I can't mm-hmm. forget that experience. I mean, I was whooshing straight to Psycho, Bernie Herm, like the intro to a Hitchcock film. Like this was giving me all those vibes uh, mm-hmm. for the intro to Science for sure. Yeah, we saw, so in our Discord, we have everyone's letterbox. We follow each other and there's a channel that kind of pipes in letterbox <laughs> reviews. So I know of at least two people, Soph and Mackenzie watched Signs maybe for the first time uh, Sofs might have been a rewatch, but they rated it really low. And I started mm-hmm. to wonder, you know, how much of this movie is like that time frame of our lives, the nostalgia fog, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how this would be viewed today. I feel like everyone in our age group maybe talks about it, but I don't really see other people talking about it. Um, but you're right. When that the the text came up on screen, I was like, Oh hell yeah! This is I'm I'm transported back to my, the exact moment when I saw this movie. I think I I watched, I think I turned six cents off because I was scared. That movie freaked me out. I'm not a, I wasn't for a long time not a good horror film fan. Uh, Unbreakable felt like because when what was the time frame for Unbreakable compared to like the X Men movies? Are we talking like, like in the middle years. of before or after? I think I'm. So I feel like when I watch Unbreakable, yeah. So I feel like I watch Unbreakable. Like this is feels like someone's trying to change the game of comic book movies, and I was mm-hmm. impressed mm-hmm. big time by Unbreakable. And I think for a while I would have said Unbreakable was my favorite M Night uh, because it, I really do love Bruce Willis in that film, and I, I mean I love Samuel Jackson in it, but there's I think it's one of my favorite Bruce performances. Mm. I wrote I wrote in my notes that I wanted to check on Jonesy who was our guest host for the Indiana Jones and uh, the Last Crusade episode. Because growing up with Jonesy, whom I've known for many years, in his house, he had a photo of Mel Gibson and his (laughs) aunt. I think it was his aunt. It might have been his uncle and aunt. And Mel Gibson. So they filmed this movie at their farmhouse. What? In Bucks County. So she, so I texted him today. I was like, "Hey, can you remind me of that story?" Uh, because I had this vague memory of that photo with of Mel in their house. So she has a ton of pics with Mel. Jonesy says she had, she she said he was very tiny and a chain smoker, but also very polite and <laughs> kind and would always thank them. Uh, so I think that let me see. I think they get thanked in the actual credits of the film. Uh, mm. So I just always thought that was kind of like a fun little piece of trivia. Um, that amazing. I was, had like a three degrees of separation to the movie being filmed in Bucks County. So my first note probably in general is the music of the movie. It's like mm-hmm. some legit iconic soundtrack in this movie. You Like we said it already, you're placed in this exact movie in time when you're seeing it. And there's one scene that probably still makes this a five-star movie for me. <laughs> so like right off the bat, mm-hmm. um, some of it doesn't hold up as well as I remember. But the scene where they rush uh, his son out of the house after they have that big scene at the end where the violins like amp up and it speeds up and they rush out of the house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Like that that piece of music is all time for me. It's up there with that piece of music from the Arrival episode. Um, so the music really holds a special place in my heart uh, for this movie. Pearl, what's on your list for signs? Um, well, yeah, just going back to the first experience, I get a, dist- a very distinct feeling when I watch this movie um, that I don't get with other movies. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of people have that experience. I've talked to a lot of, well, pretty much anyone who, like you said, Slim, who saw this in theaters or has this kind of memory, there's something about this movie that is just iconic. And it really, it it creates this this feeling when I watch it, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it, it, it like, yeah, it takes me back and it just feels so distinct. And maybe it's like how intimate this movie feels and being, being in a, in a theater filled with people watching a story that is so local and like to the scope an you know, an alien invasion movie to the scope of a single family. It was just mm-hmm. like un, unlike anything I've, you know, I had experienced up until that point hmm. and I, you know, I felt the same way. So it's almost, it's so like, uh, it's so fun to return to this movie for that reason. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but it did feel much different this time mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially just, I think the thing I realized the most that I was most shocked by was that the movies after this, the thing that disappointed me most in M night movies was the script and like particularly the dialogue and like how characters are written. And what I've realized is that I think this movie is just as bad (laughs) as those other movies, but I love the performances that Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix do where the, like the dialogue could be totally like if it was done by the wrong person who didn't understand what they needed to do, this movie would have been a joke, but they understand like they have such like a stiffness and every joke they give so dry and serious, whereas if they delivered it in any other way, I don't think this movie would work. So I, mm-hmm. I just think they they took a lot of scenes that could have been really bad and like painful to watch mm-hmm. um, and made them really good. Mm. Yeah, you could say like related to that, he eventually did The Happening, which... At the time I saw that, I said it was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And that has Mark Wahlberg and I think Zoe Deschanel. They, I don't remember much about the movie. I just remember everything just being so horrific. So that could be a, a time where maybe the cast really couldn't help him in that movie. That was yeah. an attempt to be a, be a B movie, but look like a mainstream horror movie that just f- was terrible. I remember writhing in my seat watching that <laughs> in the theater. Like, my worst, <laughs> it is probably one of my worst cinematic memories that I wow. have is seeing the happening that Holy like cow. whatever, whatever positivity I had for M night, mm-hmm. it was almost like it immediately vanished after I saw that movie. I think that's why I quit. I quit him. Quit movies for, for a decade. Quit movies for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think, I think his, his the writing in old was bad. Um, the writing here feels fine to me, but it definitely feels like it's a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's being like purposefully obtuse with the writing and thinking that it might be timeless over, you know, decades. Um, and it just didn't work in his other ones. I have to echo Proto for a second because literally my first, my first notes for this film is Mel's performance. And Mel and Joaquin are, they, I think for me, it, I think actually the four of them, the two kids and Mel and Joaquin, Rory and Abigail, I feel like their performances are so good that it just really makes me forget. Or I just never even realize until people start bringing it up. Like you, a couple Discord or uh, letterbox reviews talk about the script writing. It doesn't even phase me in this film. I think the performances really carried this movie. And what I love about it is... For alien invasion films, we always had, I mean, when I think of that, I think of uh, Independence Day uh, and we have these Uh, big, uh, 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 (laughs) we have these uh. big ships and we have fights and we have attacks. And this is, this is focused not on a global scale. And when we catch glimpses of what's going on around the world, but it's really focused on the four of them in their farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and it all it all weighed on all their shoulders for the performance mm-hmm. of this film, and I just feel like Mel and Joaquin were 
next level. Honestly, I feel like this is one of my favorite male performances. I can't think of another one that I would put above this. Lethal Weapon. No. I just watched Lethal Weapon. There's no way. Wouldn't he have made an amazing Wolverine if they filmed an X-Men movie in the early 90s? Oh like, my holy God. Yes. Yeah, we should point out, you know, Mel yeah. Gibson more recently, maybe in the last decade or 12. It was a decade ago. Was it a decade? It was 10 years ago. You know, he got pulled over and was filmed just being just the worst human being on the mm-hmm. planet. And yeah, I think he uh, allegedly attributed to alcoholism and he allegedly went sober. So he's still making movies today. You can find a bunch of articles of like, why does Mel still get work? Um, so I would encourage everyone to do some reading on Mel Gibson and his, his, his past, because it's not great. That's why I think I wanted to go back just to see, because no one talks about this, maybe potentially because of Mel Gibson, you know, he he could be kind of like a pariah, so to speak to, it's not as much fun to go back and watch this. Mm. The one other thing on my notes is the overt Christianity in this movie and faith and I think that really resonated with me at mm-hmm. the time when I saw this when I was younger. Hmm. Same. This, I mean, yeah. the last scene where he talks about, you know, did someone save me? Um, it felt so thick this time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 to me, it hit very close to home as well as like something I would like to think about growing up. Like, you know, I grew up in church my whole life. Um, questions about God and faith were always like the forefront of my mind. So, this was like really relevant to me at the time. Um, yeah, it's very heavy handed at some time, at some points, but also the one thing I really didn't like that I like catch for the first time is that at the end where he's holding his son um, and he's like helping him breathe or no, no, when they go out of the farmhouse and he's like, the gas didn't get in his lungs. He has asthma. That's why he has asthma. And I thought, man, that like him saying that as a man of faith to attribute the reason his son having asthma <laughs> is so that he doesn't breathe in mm. the gas at this moment seems such like a juvenile mm. like view. So like in that moment, I was like, M night, this sucks. <laughs> you cannot have this line in this movie. <laughs> what are you doing? But the sign of Joaquin and Mel on the couch, having that conversation about the two mm-hmm. groups of people, Mm. I just got chills just as I said that. Yes, I yes, yes. love that scene. That scene has stayed with me so long. I think that scene is so well written. Some of the dialogue in this yeah, is cool. fantastic. Some of those exchanges they have. See, what you have to ask yourself is what kind of person are you? Are you the kind that sees signs, sees miracles? Or do you believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? That scene is just shot so well, too. I'm not sure what M. Night had in his mind about Mm -hmm. the usage of shadows and lighting in this movie, but there are so many gorgeous scenes where like three quarters of their face is in total darkness Mm -hmm. and just maybe half their face. But the conversation they have there is also the same thing. Like that, that line that, Joaquin had at the end of that story where uh, he called himself a miracle man. Like that's another just funny memory that I have for that. But you're right. Yeah, that that scene definitely held up. I think for this viewing, I I don't remember the last time I saw signs before this. It had to have been, I mean, decade easily. I don't think I've rewatched this since, I honestly don't know if I've seen it more than twice, if that. So I didn't really remember the faith aspect of this film. All I could remember are the, tent pole scenes where there were jump scares and intense moments in this film that got me then. Now, when I watch it, honestly, I feel like this movie has really very little to do with uh, alien invasion and more about uh, faith and a family that is just trying to find a way to work together again. Uh, so I feel like that's the main theme of this film. There's so many uh, moments where things don't work unless they're working together as a family, like the baby monitor, like the baby monitor is not going to work unless they're all joined together and they can hear it. Then there's just little Mm. tidbits of things where this family has been ruined by uh, the death of the mother, the brutal death, like insanely uh, sad death of the mother. uh, And this family is just shattered. I mean, 
Graham is no longer a minister, which is a big deal. I mean, that's a big deal to walk away from your faith, let alone your calling as a minister. Uh, so yeah. this family is completely broken and it's really just the invasion itself is a way of them figuring out how to be a family again and working together to, you know, overcome the fact that they have had a terrible tragedy in their life. Gosh, that flashback scene. Those flashback scenes hurt. And you know, what's funny is this, mm. the death of the mother, the way she died has been like this weird, like burned into my memory scenario, but I could never place where I remembered it from until watching this viewing. I could mm. remember that this, like whenever mm. there's like, it's really weird. And it's a really weird occurrence to where there's a car wreck or I hear about someone dying in a car wreck. I think of the mother pinned into the tree. And until this viewing, I couldn't remember where I remembered that from. Mm. And it was so wild to me. But anyway. Oh, about that scene. Um, when when it's finally at the end, he's going to go talk to his wife. But first he's talking to the officer. Um, and she's like, you know, your wife is cut in half and only has moments to live. But let's stay here and keep talking for three minutes. I'm like, lady, she could die at any Talk moment. Faster. She's cut in half. Let him go to his wife. What are you doing? So true. She was acting as if like, well, we've got at least a half hour. She's you know chopped in half, but yeah, we'll the, the, the Christian themes, the faith themes didn't resonate with me as hard this time around. I almost felt like it was it this time around. It was so thick that it felt like I was watching like left behind. With Kurt Cameron, like almost this is a sort of like a propaganda machine. Uh, so, which obviously can tell you how different I am than maybe the, in 2002 when I saw this movie. What is crazy though is the amount of ways that this movie can be viewed. Like, because for you, you're mm -hmm. not, it kind of bugs you, but I completely forgot about the faith. And then I'm realizing this is more about faith. And it's just amazing to me that we can take so many different viewpoints on this film. It's right. it's signs for Christ's sake. I I mean the scenes with the alien on the roof initially oh like that was a formative moment for me in mm. theaters and in the audience. Like you had that moment where yeah. the audience is also like scared out of their pants and the famous scene where Joaquin sees the clip on the television screen. Oh my god. Like gosh. I remember rewinding that yeah. scene mm. when this came out. Uh, and rewatching it, it, it like you, this yeah. was like an iconic moment for us growing up that like, this was our big alien movie. This is our formative movie. Especially because going into this movie, we actually didn't know what it was about. Like watching, it was an M night movie. And the thing is he always had a twist. So he says alien movie. So, but you didn't really know if it was or not. Like, I, I don't, you know, they didn't give anything away before you walked into the theater seeing this. So up until it's actually confirmed, you know, you didn't know what was going on. And I feel like the scene, I think like when he's on the roof, like you're still not sure. I think you're not sure until it's the the news where they capture mm -hmm. it at the party, you know, where mm -hmm. you see the freeze frame of the alien in that moment. And you're like, and well, of course, Joaquin's yeah. reaction, because yeah. that's him. He's seeing it for the first time. And like the world is seeing it. And that scene, like, man, like, yeah, that, that, those moments were so good. And like the build up to the ultimate reveal of the, mm -hmm. you know, it actually being aliens. Yeah, there's a lot of great shots. The, the alien hand in the like coal chute in the basement was, oh my God, was so good. I That's like something I didn't, even, I didn't even see it in theaters. I think I only caught that when I watched it at home again. How terrifying of a choice is it to see the hand grab a child and then it cut to a, uh, flashlight on the ground and all you hear is the reaction to everyone figuring out how to like that was I forgot how mortifying yeah. that part was because the hand is so gross and I forget how they can camouflage with their surroundings mm. so it looked like the the iron bars or it looked like his shirt or it yeah. was green like the leaves it was standing in like it was bonkers how terrifying that scene was and of course yeah. you know right when he smashes that light out it's about to get real down there. There's no more light. They got yeah. flashlights. Oh my yeah. gosh. Intense. Yeah. Mackenzie pointed out how it's weird seeing this movie and then realizing that it's a meme that you've seen maybe thousands of times <laughs> and that this is what it's from. I mean, that so walking true. gif is pretty mm -hmm. famous. Um, what do you think about M. Night as 
having a cameo or a, a supporting role in all his movies pretty much. What's, what's your vibe on that, Proto? Uh, well, as we were watching it, we, we, I was joking with uh, my brothers that I, I feel like M, I could see M. Night wanting to write a movie that he stars in eventually because it feels very much, when you think of all of his roles, it feels like he's, he's writing a character for himself. Right. You know, like he's fitting it. He, I mean, he fits in these characters that have this small bit, but that are pretty yeah. important in the story. Uh, so it's very particular to him. So I could almost see him like wanting to, he, like he wants to be an actor. Like he would love to like write a movie. I could, I still feel like I could see that happening at some point. Him trying to like star in his yeah. own movie. I feel like, I mean, this is a, definitely a Hitchcock uh, approach to mm -hmm. filming horror films or suspense film, putting yourself in it. But even at the time, if you think about in 2000, whatever, when this came out, no one knew what he looked like. If I'm watching that for the first time, I'm not going, oh, that's M. Night in this film. That's just, right. it, to me, there was the veterinarian that killed his wife. I mean, no one's really pointing it out until, until now. There's no that's way true. I would have known then that it was him. So it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't bother me that he puts him in. It's not like he put in a bad performance either. When I, I think Lady in the Water might've been the one after this, or I think it was the village and then Lady in the Water. Um, Lady in the Water, he is not a cameo. I mean, he's a supporting character and I got so pissed mm. in the theater when I saw that. I started to get like mm. annoyed that M. Night was kind of putting him full center at this point in a movie, like at a, a really important role that's on screen a bunch. Um, that might've been with the great unraveling for me with M. Night at the time. Oh, I don't even remember that. Um, the scene, let's see, the scene at the dinner table and after that when they're the aliens are starting to kind of like try to come into the house and he's telling the stories of their births. I thought that was a great <laughs> scene. Um, I think Kev pointed out Mel's reaction to M. Night explaining things at the car and Mel is mm. like holding back tears. Um, so yeah, those 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 moments definitely still hold up for me. Allegedly, both of those uh, stories told to the kids were actual birth stories of M. Night's kids. Mm -hmm. A scene that I love, and as soon as it came on, I thought, this is the scene. This is the scene that wrecked me, is when um, Mel goes oh, out at night to gosh. put the water out for the dog, and he hears something in the corn. When that happened in the theater, I was just like, no, 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 no we're not doing this. We're not going in the corn. And- Man, yeah, that scene really wrecked me in the theater. Um, and I love it now. I love the way, I love how it just builds, you know, because he's yelling out in the cornfield, you know, you know, I know this is a prank. Mm -hmm. You're not going to win. Um, even though he's seen the corn and he saw the way that it was b bent and he knows no one could do it like that, he still refuses to believe that it's anything else other than a, a prank by somebody. Um, and then he sees the leg so good. Uh, when he picks up the flashlight. Um, so good. I don't even think I would go out alone at night in a no. cornfield, even if it wasn't a rumored <laughs> nope. alien invasion. There's no <laughs> way I would go out there. You know, you'd get like chilled up to the point where like you're running before you even realized you're mm. running. That's how scared you are. No way, Jose. You could have told me one of my kids was dragged out there by an alien. I would have been <laughs> like, well, I got three more. <laughs> I'm not going out there. <laughs> Uh, Danny, what else on your list for signs? Let's see. Um, what else have we not talked about? Oh, I think there's some, the scene after there's two, there's two bits to this part that I like about, uh, it has to do with M night. Uh, so there's a, when, they first are finding out about the aliens and the dog peed itself in the kitchen. There's a great, I love the little bit of dialogue where um, he says to call the doctor instead of the veterinarian because the veterinarian is the guy that killed his wife. Yeah. Like why yeah. would, like he doesn't want to deal with him, obviously. I love that. So anyway, getting to the house, I love the pantry scene like so much. Like that's probably top tier of my favorite. I love Mel in that scene. I like when he pretends to be a cop, the bit he tries to pull where he's pretending to be a cop and sound like a cop. The police are here. I'm with them. I am a police officer. It's so funny, mm -hmm. but then sticking the, just to see the reflection of the alien on the knife under the crack of the door, it gets me every time. I, I just love that scene. I love mm -hmm. the framing yeah. of the shots of him entering the kitchen through, and then the pantry and then 
under the door and the hand jumping out and cutting the fingers off. And, and this ends up being the alien that comes back to the house at the end. Uh, it's just, I love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes in this film. Yeah. I think that scene is so well acted where mm-hmm. Mel, he, you know, he's looking down there, he's looking in the room and he puts a knife down and he walks away, but then he comes back. <laughs> that yeah. is just such a well-written scene. Cause when yeah. that happened, you're like, Oh no. Like, Cause I, you know, you don't want to know what's behind that door. But him coming back, it just builds the tension so much. Uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the veterinarian scene at the front because I also caught that for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And I said something to Amanda, like as I was walking in the kitchen, I was like, oh, that's why, because he's the vet. She's yeah. like, what? And they <laughs> like don't, barely it's not attention. even in the dialogue. It's only written on his yeah. mailbox. It just says veterinarian on the mailbox. So you right. don't even really know and put that together. Uh, I eventually gave anyway. up explaining it to a man. I was like, I've seen this movie a thousand times. Just forget whatever <laughs> I just said. She's like, I already did. <laughs> I love the newscast uh, talking about, you know, the definitive terms of whether this is either the most elaborate hoax ever created or it's real. Like this is actually happening. I love seeing the news kind of talk in that way. Um, like the definitive discussions about an actual alien invasion. Mm-hmm. I know that... Um, some of the grief that this movie gets about the aliens heading to a planet that's 70% water. Um, I think, I think the one child kind of alludes to like, they've just used up all the resources. So they have no choice to go to like this planet. So that kind of, that explanation kind of worked for me. Like I get that water kills them, but I mean, well, how do, well, that's the assumption that they know that water kills them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Water is, mean? water is deadly. I'll come nude to the planet. <laughs> Right. Like, I don't. <laughs> I mean, they didn't go to like water areas. They went to the cornfields. There's no water near there. Right. All right. And if they know water's exactly. going to kill them, what? Who cares? <laughs> this is airtight. <laughs> Calm down, people. Airtight plot. <laughs> but also, water, water is. The, is Has M. Is Night a... ever made a mistake in a script? I dare you to point out a hundred mistakes that M. Night has ever made in a script. I dare you. This also this also comes back to my idea that this, or my my whatever that this is more about faith because water is based is more of a symbol of purity and washing away sins instead of uh, this is what kills the aliens like mm. to me this movie is all about faith and at the end of the day what is cleansing and at the end of the story it's it's really the water is the symbol of what's going to cleanse and etc was m night in church for like a period of two years was he just going through something spiritual he may have been dealing moment? with something could be took us could to church be. <laughs> uh that is the exhaustive level of my notes i actually didn't take a ton of notes maybe just because i've seen this movie so many times but proto final thoughts and rating for signs um well, two other things I just want to mention real quick. One is my when I was watching this, my brother-in-law, Bruce, he pointed out how often M. Night uses the shot of over the shoulder of a character. So he has somebody in the foreground and then a character in the background. Um, mm-hmm. And once he pointed it out, it's almost every single scene in this movie. Interesting. He does it so, like once you see it, you cannot unsee it to the point where this it gets to the scene of um, the uh, the wife pinned to the car dying, and M Knight does an over the shoulder shot of the woman pinned to the car dying to Mel Gibson. And once I was like, M Knight, you got to be kidding me! She's pinned to a car, and you're shooting over her shoulder. But like he does it in every scene. It's crazy. Interesting, uh, except for the scenes often that had the aliens, um, or you know, just them outside. Then they would be like a really wide shot. So it was, it was kind of interesting to know, like, just look at the, what the cinematography. And I think that helped make it feel more intimate because a lot of the conversations were so uh, intimate in that way, where it was like very close to the actor's faces. And so many scenes where it was just uh, Mel Gibson staring into nothing for 10 seconds. Um, I feel like M night had this thing where he wanted to have a a shot that like he wanted to capture a picture where there'd be nothing moving in the frame and you would just focus on it. So this movie, I think that's why it feels very slow because there's a lot of moments like that. Um, Oh, and then the one other thing on my list is just the, when Merle goes to the, um, the army recruiter and (laughs) 
This guy, the animatronic, the animatronic <laughs> Marines recruiter. So unreal. If you can act, you can survive an M night script. But if you cannot, this is what yes. happens. That's um, proof. You're right. We finished the movie and then we, we rewinded it and we had to go back to the scene because his performance is unlike anything else. Um, but you know, yeah, see, seeing this again, I, I think I, I saw more things that um, were like troubling to me in terms of like what makes a great movie. Um, but I still love it. I just mm-hmm. love this experience. Like I said before, it just, uh, it just brings something out of me. I, it, it's unlike uh, any other movie for that reason. Um, so it's still a four-star movie for me. Baby, mm. <laughs> baby. Uh, for me, I had a experience watching this film that I didn't remember uh, I w- or I didn't expect to have. I expected uh, an alien invasion. I expected uh, scare scenes that I could remember. Um, I, what I didn't remember or expect were being impressed by Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix's performances, being impressed by the kids, uh, Abigail and Rory. I thought they were incredible. Um, I think my higher rating of this is because I was so surprised on that this wasn't what I expected or what I remembered expecting of this film. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it again. Um, yeah, for me, it's four and a half stars for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I also had a great time with this. I've seen this movie countless times on this viewing. I get more bummed about Mel Gibson's recent history of coming out as like an anti-Semite, homophobe, racist. It just bums me out um, because I think, you know, this is one of my favorite movies. You know, I want people to experience it and enjoy it. And he's sullied that with his actions. Mm. Having said that, it doesn't age as well as I thought it would, but I still loved it. I'm still five stars for Signs. Yes. I had an amazing time watching this. This movie was on loop in West Coast Video when I worked there. So every inch of this movie, I have a vivid memory about. So the nostalgia fog is still very thick and it is still mm. seeping into the room every time I watch this. And that's a-okay with me. Amazing. We have some voicemails to get to real quick. Uh, you can leave us a VM or a letter at 70mmpod.com. Uh, letter, VM, send us an audio file. Let me pull up. I just remembered we have a letter to get to actually before I forget, which I am want to do. Won't name names. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, this comes from Josh. My dearest 70MM, I hope this email finds you well. I've been listening to the pod for a while now, but just recently became a patron. The Discord is great. I love the podcast, despite the fact that each of you have said something reprehensible about movies I love. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on this journey together. <laughs> Apparently, I got over it. Danny's art is incredible. I can't wait to order some prints. I rewatched Signs on Monday night and it didn't hold up as well as I had hoped. The dialogue and some of the performances kind of took me out of it at times. Mel's performance is a little up and down IMO. I still found it pretty entertaining with some great camera work and a solid score. I'd say I root for M. Night more than the average film lover, but he usually disappoints and Shyamalan, the actor, is so much worse than the director. Good grief. (laughs) 3.5 stars, I guess. The real reason I emailed is to ask when the podcast will be renamed 70 mm Your cinematically crash underscore fedor Josh. Love it. Are we going to put that on a shirt? 70 mm (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the questions you'd get about that shirt. The the, Mm -hmm. the eyebrow raising movements all right we got some dms here Mm. let's see i'm looking at the timestamps at this vm somebody went over 90 seconds i'm not gonna name names Uh, but we'll listen to uh, let's get to andy first hey what's up 70 millimeter it is andy calling from orlando and this week you guys are covering signs Mm -hmm. Uh, i absolutely love this movie I remember when it came out, uh, I was big on it because of the suspensefulness and um, it being a thriller and all that. But the older I get and the more I watch it, the more I appreciate a couple things 
A, the humor uh, has some really funny lines in there um, that you just are very normal. And so I, I appreciate the the simplicity of the humor in this movie. Also, I view it now as a life mo- movie, um, mm-hmm. kind of like a Stranger Than Fiction, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It just kind of challenges how you see life and how mm. you see the events of your life and your perspective of things. And so um, for me, that's why I think I still appreciate this movie. I give it a 4.5. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's up there for me. Um, the performances I really enjoy, you know, Joaquin Phoenix. I just love his performance in this movie as well. So big fan of it. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. And um, that is my dog in the background. Love you guys. Bye. What's up, doggo? <laughs> Love you, dude. You know what? Well, the first thing that I thought of seeing Joaquin was I was just envisioning this is the same guy that plays Joker. <laughs> you know, thinking yeah. of him it's like now, a different person. Yeah, like the it's roles wild. he has done, it's crazy. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Delete that. Yeah, get get that goo rat. I don't want him anywhere near our Discord. <laughs> that movie. How about Joaquin's hair in this movie? Marcy left a comment that I almost didn't remember. Marcy said Joaquin is hot in this movie. Yeah. His hair. I don't know. Marcy, what about his hair in this movie? What do you think about that? I don't know how I feel about it. It's a tragedy. We didn't see him in a baseball uniform. Did everyone catch him hammering up the board on the door though? Did you catch that? Him missing the nail a hundred times. You have to watch it again. <laughs> Go back and watch this. It's like that extra he doesn't hit the, the nail movie once. where the guy's it's amazing. like sweeping midair. He's not even touching the ground. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, you're going to like die laughing when you see how many times he misses the nail and they just move on. That's movie magic. <laughs> it's right the there. best. Well, also the wooden planks. The, you know, there was like one door. It had one plank. <laughs> Aliens, and the doors they don't even know how to way. open doors <laughs> they're not going to get through that thing they can't it. figure out uh, a doorknob they have technology that lets them zip through the galaxy but they're not going to figure out he was just knob. using it, all M. Night had was just the, the, the wood that was on Jonesy's aunt's property he, was, you know, he didn't have anything else he's like we're just going to have to make do can we go there I would I would expect Jonesy could Is give us some kind of a tour do? I'm going in the corn I mean, Jonesy, I would, please. Yeah. please. Jonesy? Next VM. Hey guys, it's Kev. I was on the phone today for seven and a half hours with my legal team and we unfortunately found no recourse. So we will not be pressing charges for the Will Forte. Um, <laughs> oh God, what is his name? <laughs> oh, this is so bad. The Will Forte uh, MacGruber. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> Let it out. Let it out, Kev. The Will Forte, Bill Hader mix-up last night. I'm pissed, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to overlook it because we get to talk about M. Night Shyamalan's Signs, a movie that came out at a time where expectations were maybe too high. Newsweek, a couple of years later, or no, Newsweek around this time was calling him the next Spielberg, which I think for anybody is unfair. Although I think you'd say the same thing if you had just seen the movie Unbreakable. And True. learned that he was doing an alien invasion movie next. I was wondering if you guys had to pick a new Spielberg, who would it be out of the people working today? Is it David Laurie for The Green Knight? No. Um, but, it, but it could be for you. Live your truth. Um, just curious. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, not to get Rickles at the end of the bit, but uh, this is an Excuse absolutely me? incredible community made up of really fantastic Aww. people who happen to all like movies. If you're thinking of joining and you got this far into the 70 millimeter episode of M. Night Shyamalan Signs, come home. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. (laughs) Thank you, Kev. What a VM. Kev, what kind of mic Kev working with over there? They sounded good. Is Kev also cooking up some kind of secret podcast in this Discord? Mm. There's something cooking in there and I want answers. Sounded real good. Remember when everyone thought J.J. Abrams was the next Steven Spielberg? Oh, Mm. yeah. He was probably. That's because he tried to be. I loved his his lens flaring. Everyone hated it, but I loved it. When are we doing Super 8? Get me more lens flare. If I was on set, I would be mm-hmm. like doing the hand motion, the circle, like more lens flare. It's iconic. Mm. Please. yeah. Super 8. I had something else I was going to say. Now I can't remember. Oh yeah, so Kev um, infamously got a wrong answer in our VHS Olympics, VHS Village Olympics last night, and everyone just let it slide. <laughs> 
until someone realized no that one he was to way wrong. I felt ill in that moment. <laughs> what up, 70 millimeter pod? It's Shantana. It's been a minute since I called in, but just wanted to give some thoughts on the movie for this week. I'd always considered myself a bit of an M. Night apologist. I really loved the village, and my memory mm. of Lady in the Water was that it was at least pretty interesting, but I'd always avoided signs. I'd seen The Sixth Sense pretty young, and signs loomed heavy as a movie that I just felt I couldn't handle. So I did what any 12-year-old boy would do and watch Scary Movie 3 on repeat. <laughs> and for years, I hadn't seen signs, I hadn't seen The Ring, and I hadn't seen 8 Mile. But now the plots of those movies feel so interwoven in my mind that I just can't shake it. So I'm sorry about your pick, Slim Knight Shyamalan. This one wasn't for me. I watched it for the first time last summer, and it's sadly still my least favorite Shyamalan that I've seen. I admit I'm to blame since at this point, science just isn't scary at all. And Scary Movie 3 had taken every maybe memorable scene and burned into my brain something way better. And if I ever watch Signs again, which I don't think I'm going to do anytime soon, all I'm going to think is, man, I wish the cop's hat was growing bigger and bigger right now. And would this be better if the aliens could pee out of their fingers? Or this is kind of boring. I wish there was a B-plot where Joaquin Phoenix was trying to make it as a rapper and being hyped by Anthony Anderson and Kevin Hart. Anyways, I love you all, and I'm extremely blessed by this community. And if you're listening and aren't a part of the VHS Village, oh just know you will be welcomed with open arms and stupid gifts. Thanks, guys. <laughs> How about Shantana like orchestrating his voicemail with his photoshops in chat? Like he was he was weaving a story yeah. as he was uh, dropping those. Amazing. If people feel disheartened hearing that, just know that he's pretty sick. Some of the, the <laughs> things that he's created. So, you know, don't, you know, don't worry about his star writing or his feelings towards science. Scary movie one and two were a hundred percent formative for my youth and humor. Scary movie three, I think was a different runner. I didn't like scary movie three. I still, I'm still unclear if Torin liked this movie or not. Can we get confirmation in chat? If he won't Torin stop enjoyed, talking about it. So he, uh, can someone acknowledge Torin? Please in chat. He give satiate him. Someone. Excuse me. <laughs> we have to announce our movie oh, next week. Oh no. You know, we we're this is our big August month. We've been doing 21st century mm -hmm. uh blockbusters for the summer. Mm -hmm. But I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think we ran out. We did them all. I think yeah. we ran out of the good Fortunate. ones. Yeah. And we need to pivot, I think. Yeah. Big pivot. There was a moment last night in the VHS Village Olympics where there was a certain card that got picked. And it was the movie Speed. My gosh. And podcaster extraordinaire and member of our Discord, Mackenzie, has not seen Speed. Mm. If there was ever a sign. Yep. That we need to cover a movie yep. with a certain guest. Mm -hmm. And that movie is streaming on HBO Max right now. Right now. Right now. So we will be doing Speed, Keanu Reeves, with our special guest, Mackenzie, uh, host of the On Lynch podcast that just dropped. That's next week. Big deal. It's time. Mm -hmm. Pardo, what are your vibes on Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Well... Sandra Bullock in any kind of vehicle going fast is good. I mean, gravity. Hello. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is her territory. This is her wheelhouse. These kind of <laughs> movies with Keanu and ba baby. We're talking baby Keanu. This was before. This was before everything. Mm -hmm. We got Jan DeBont directing again. We're back. Kay. Same director as Twister. We back. Is, mm -hmm. is this ever been done? Almost in the same month, we do a, a director in another movie. We did it. <laughs> it's going to be big. <laughs> I'm excited to hear uh, from Mackenzie because Mackenzie has never seen this movie. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear someone's reaction to seeing Speed for the first time in the year of our Lord 2021. 
Mm. Could be could be really great. Could be really bad. This is big. Danny, when was the last time you saw uh, Speed? I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure I've seen it all the way through. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. Me and Mackenzie might be hanging tight together with this one. You're out there listening. You haven't seen Speed. This is a safe place. It's a big night. We're all in this together. There's no gatekeeping here for these movies. Okay. Sitting at a 3.6 on Letterboxd. That's big. Real big. That's human condition big. We're heading towards four. Four stars. Yeah. Is this going to topple human condition? Yeah, I think this is it. This is the one. Is this the one? Yeah. Criterion, if you're listening, this is a 4K release. (laughs) (laughs) Put it up there. What are those those 4Ks going to cost from Criterion? You know those things are going to be expensive as hell. They're like $60 for their Blu-rays now. It's something crazy. (laughs) My God. Just uh, one more time, thank you everyone for your support for our GoFundMe uh, for 1,300 hours that we'll be donating. Uh, just amazing. What a week. What a what a game night. Proto, can you take us out this week? We just got a sign. We had a sign that led us mm. to our next movie next week. There's signs all around us, okay? <laughs> you just need to have an open eye and an open heart, mm. an open ear, and they'll come to you. So just, you know, give it a chance. Find your signs. (laughs) (laughs) Seventy Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, created by Predalexis. Producer Amaritis, Dale underscore A. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. You can support our Patreon for access to the VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to exclusive episodes, discounts on merch, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links at 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast. Mm-hmm.